What's going on, everyone? Welcome to episode 11 of season five. I'm your host, Kurt Field. And it is your boy, Brundog. Kurt, can I just get a life check on you, on me, and maybe on a New England team that we love or maybe have loved? Well, there's only really one way I can put this as eloquently as I possibly can. Just like the Joe Bros. I'm sending out an SOS. Oh, God. <laughs> like, uh, I I am in pain. Yeah, we're burning up. I don't know in pain. Know. I'm burning up for you, baby. I'm also burning up. You know, football season used to be the only thing that saved me. Mm. Um, it's week four, and I want it to end. Kurt, that's I... not good. I don't know about you, but it's already over because it's Celtics season. Oh, yeah. Drew Holiday. Let's go. Yep. The holidays are here. Well, we, you know what? I'm all the way in on that. I'm yeah. getting <laughs> Bruins updates on my phone yep. right now. Um, go Bruins. Go Celtics. <laughs> you can hear the excitement and the life in Kurt's voice right now. You don't have to. I'm looking at him, so I have the pleasure of looking at Kurt's face, which I do every week. Uh, I know you all don't, um, but you can just hear it in his voice. Kurt is full of of life right now. I'm sitting on the floor of my bedroom because the floor is where me and my team belong. Damn. Yep. The pits. I mean, fucking Christ. <laughs> Sheesh. I will say this, Bruno. And I, my buddy Jake reminded me of this. And he was Largay? Like, Largay. Big the Jake boy. Largay. The boy. The boy. People forget he played for the Falcons. He did. Um, he is like, every time I get so pissed off, when we watched the game together, so we were both not in a good space. Mm. Um, he was like, we just have to remember we've seen six Super Bowls. And like, when you think about that, like, it is stupid. Like, that's stupid. And I, and you know, obviously, when you're right in the middle of it, you you're not really thinking about how it's like never really gonna ever be attainable again. You just accept it for the mastery that it is. I really miss it, <laughs> Kurt. It's honestly a great point. Like we had it so good, and it's not like we didn't know we had it good because we were bragging in everyone's fucking face 24-7, right? Like, we knew we had it good. We were talking about our season always started in the AFC Championship game, so we did know we had it good. I just don't think we fully realized what it would look like when we didn't have it so good. You know what I mean? Like, it was it was impossible for us to realize. it. We had never seen it. Our whole, pretty much, lives, the Patriots had just been a dynasty. And so now, we just don't even know how to act. We're like new football fans. We like this is like new for us. Like everybody else learned this with their garbage franchises the whole time they've been a football fan. We're just learning this now. This shit's it's Kurt not looking forward to Sundays. What the fuck is that? Not even looking forward to them. I'm just dreading them. True. Dreading them. True. I can't. I can't make a pick right in pick six. Mm. I can't make a bet right in a game. Oh, I don't God. have the money to be throwing around. <laughs> And I'm throwing that cat around anyway. Oh my god! All right? No bueno. Oh my god! And then, and then, the team that I have made my entire personality oh boy. blows. And I know, and I know what's going to happen. Uh oh! 
the Patriots are going to win the next two games. And those dumb fucks are going to reel me back in. Oh, boy. And they're going to get mollywhopped by the Bills and the Dolphins. And I'm going to hate the world again. <laughs> and I, this is going to be a cycle for the rest of my life. Yep. Yeah, I mean, Kurt, I, you know, looking at the schedule, we shouldn't be doing this, but there are some winnable games. Though, though, we may have to adjust what winnable means, considering what our offense looks like. Bruno? (laughs) (laughs) There was a point, well, I'll be real with you, very real. Yep. Since I was in the seventh grade is when I really, really began to love football. And Sundays became like holidays to me. And like, I can tell you with 100% certainty and with 100% honesty, like on everything that I love, Mm -hmm. I have not missed more than like a minute of a Patriots football game True. since seventh grade. Yum, that's a run. So, you know, probably 13, 14 years ago, 15 yep. years ago. Yep. That was 15 years ago for me. I I turned the game off after the third, the first drive of the second half this week. Like I was like fearing for my mental health. I was like, mm. I can't, I can't watch this. And in the same breath, I was also like oddly calm during the game. Like for a while, I was like, you know, dropping some F-bombs and whatnot. But then I was just like, I was just quiet because I was like, this is just, this is fake. Like this is fake news. But it wasn't fake news. It was very real. And I turned the game off. I don't, that's unheard of for you, boy. Yeah, I was going to say, Kurt, and all the time I've known you, I don't think I've ever even heard you consider that or even raise that as a possibility so that's like let's not understate how bad it's gotten because that's not something i didn't even think like I, that's breaking news to me yeah i missed matt patricia on sunday never did i ever think that would be a thing yikes uh we'll get to it in the patriots part but i have some t-h-o-t-s's about the patriots offense and they're not yeah, some some hout thouts. Oh, they're hopped. Trust me. Um, but Bruno, <laughs> with that being said, <laughs> let's go, baby. <laughs> I'll tell you what. We've done this podcast for four years together, and it's been the worst four years of Patriots football of all time. If I think they're going to be fucking good next year, I'm throwing this podcast away so they can be good. Kurt, we're at that point. We have to try anything and everything. So I, my hand is up. I'm with you 100. percent I will just sit with you every game. We'll watch every game together. You can sit on my fucking lap if you want to. But the podcast will be Dunzo McTunzo yeah, if we'll I think just, they're going to be good next year. We'll just do it while the game is going on. Just a three-hour podcast live every week. Just live on Twitch. Yep. See you there. Okay. See you there. Wait. Way less editing for me. Yeah, sure. I'm not I'm not, I'm sure. not. not hating that idea. Bruno, mm. now that I'm going to come out of my depression at 10 p.m. here, uh, <laughs> Let's talk about some of the other games this week, shall we? Let's recap week four. Let's get into it. Bruno, can you, you know, can you just start this off with the right tone? I don't have enough. I don't have enough gusto in my voice or in my being to properly and adequately Mm. start this off with our London game. Bruno, I'm going to give it to you Mm. to start because I just, I can't, I can't do it. Uh, Kurt, I don't know what's falling down more, London Bridge or you right now, but goddamn, man, in the London game, we had a little pip, pip, motherfucking cheerio going on uh, by the order of the Peaky Fucking Blinders. The Peaky Fucking Blinders said the Jaguars are winning this game. Uh, it would make sense, actually, that the Peaky Blinders would root for the Jaguars, considering the Jaguars have played, like, maybe 100 games in London. They're, they're definitely, I, I did not look this up, but the Jaguars are definitely the lead leaders in London games played, or England games played, whatever, sorry, political, whatever, London, I don't even know the right term. Uh, but the Peaky Blinders are Jaguars fans, and the Peaky Blinders were happy on Sunday, because the Jaguars did what they did. They showed up in London, because they show up every year, and they won 23-7. to uh, Kurt, again... Uh, there's a couple notable things about this game. Uh, number one, Jaguars back in the win column. Calvin Ridley popped off, which I'm sure he was looking forward to it. 
uh, considering this was the team that uh, traded him because he got suspended for gambling, all that stuff against the Falcons. Um, kind of funny that the revenge game was a 9.30 game in London, though, again, for them, it wasn't 9.30, but for us, that's just kind of funny. Um, Desmond Ritter, stinky poo-poo. I think I said, like, three weeks ago, I was like, oh, low-key, he's not bad. No, 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 he's fucking bad. He's terrible. He can't do shit. Uh, what he can do is find Jonu Smith for six catches for 95 yards, which is a shocking stat line for Jonu Smith, considering the last time we saw him, he was like punching the football out of the air instead of catching it for the Patriots. So that was a little uh, uh, shocking to see. But Kurt, you know, it's not shocking to see the Jaguars in London. Oh, wait, did I mean one week in a row? Or did I mean two weeks in a row? Because Kurt, they're back in it next week. They're back to back games in London, baby. That's fucking electric. That is about as electric as it gets. <laughs> um, they are London's team. They are yeah. England's team. <laughs> they are the, the Peaky Blinders team. Do they have the most it's, fans out of any football team? Because they have all of England rooting for them. We just have states rooting for our teams. Well, I guess New England is, uh, is, is multiple states. But you know what I mean? Like, do the Jaguars might have the most fans in the NFL? Uh, the, arguably. I've never <laughs> thought of it. Well, no, 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 no. What? The Swifties, they've taken over. The Chiefs. Oh, oh okay. You know what? Fine, 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 fine. London Bridge is still falling down. Can confirm. <laughs> Can confirm. London has fallen. <laughs> London Great has. Movie, oh, my God. Shout out. I love those movies. <laughs> Bruno, someone, there's a team in the NFL who's been fallen for a long time. Yeesh. A long time. I'm talking about Chi-Town. Talking about hey. those Bears, pal. Bruno, Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos rallied from 21 points down to come back at their first dub of the season, 31-28, over the lowly-ass Bears. Russ cooked a little in this game. It, it looked bleak early on for Denver once again. But Russ throws three touchdowns, gets a, gets a job done, and it just makes you wonder, like, what did Big Cat ever do to deserve this? J Bruno, what's crazy about this game is Justin Fields was terrific. Yeah. Terrific in <laughs> every way, shape, and form for the beginning part of this game. For, for really two and a half, three quarters. He was terrific. And then when I tell you it went from zero to 60, it might have went from zero to 100. Faster than it could have from 0-60 because Justin Fields turned in back into a pumpkin. It is October, by the way. Happy October. Not for Justin Fields, though. Mm. Uh, so he threw four touchdowns, uh, you know, early on in the game. That ends up being all the scoring for the Bears. They can't overcome the Furious comeback. And Sean Payton, first dub as head coach of the Broncos. Yeah, and Kurt, not that, again, the Bears losing is not surprising. I don't know. I just happened to put this game on, which is kind of hilarious that I put this game on, Kurt. They, the Bears had the ball, like, fourth and one. And I'm pretty sure it was in field goal range at, like, the Broncos 20 or something. They went for it and didn't get it, and the Broncos just immediately went down and scored. Just fucking classic Bears. Good thing we're not Bears fans, at the very least. Um, yeah, their last it could win, be worse. Their last win did come against a certain team that we root for, so not very fun. Uh, Kurt, speaking of not very fun... Uh, Ravens-Browns, not a very fun game. Uh, primary reason why, Deshaun Watson was out. Not that people necessarily like Deshaun Watson, but he wasn't even playing. So uh, this game was pretty much over from the start. No Deshaun Watson meant it was just an absolute shit show for the Browns. They lost 28-3. to Again, I don't even know if there's like really that much to say about this game. I probably would have picked the Ravens to win even if Deshaun Watson was playing, so that you have that going for them. I guess for the Ravens, you're happy. Mark Andrews finally did something this week. 80 yards receiving, two touchdowns. Lamar also was involved in all four touchdowns that the Ravens scored. But again, no Deshaun, no Deshaun Watson. This is an easy dub for the Ravens. Helps in the division, but it's not exactly the most shocking result of all time. No. I mean, this was good to see for the Ravens. Like, And again, there's been some surprises in the AFC, uh, particularly one we're going to talk about here in a second. But for them to kind of get back on track, Mark Andrews back on track, Lamar looked really good. That's the Ravens team. I think we were all expecting to see at the start of the season. Yeah. Bruno, uh, there was a team I was expecting to see at the start of the season and then at the end of the season hold a Lombardi trophy. And wow, I was fucking wrong. Okay, Bruno, I'm talking the goddamn Bengals because they are atrocious. They suck. They might suck as bad as the Patriots. Yes, that is a really bad level of suck. Uh, they're, like I said, my Super Bowl pick, hilariously bad. Bruno, they lost 27 to 3 to Ryan Tannehill and the goddamn fucking Tennessee Titans. Did you hear what I just said? I did, and I didn't like it. I mean, if someone told me that, I would have laughed directly in your face at the beginning of the year. 
I would have laughed at your face a lot this past week. Again, right. I am hilariously bad at picking Titans games. I have fully admitted that. Yep. So didn't see this coming. Not a surprise they ended up winning in the long run, I guess. Bruno Derrick Henry rushed for a score, also threw a touchdown. <laughs> That's right. I think he's better than Ryan Tannehill. I said what uh-huh. I said. Um, but Bruno, here's my biggest concern here for Cincinnati and the Bengals. It is very obvious that Joe Burrow is hurt mm-hmm. and is still hurting from that calf injury he sustained in the preseason. You have paid this man now over half a billion dollars to be your franchise quarterback. What is the point of throwing him out there when it is so obvious that he is hurt? Like, what do you what I, I understand your, your season might be slipping away here. I, I I get it. But in the same breath, it makes no sense to risk injury for a much longer period of time. Just sit the goddamn man for two weeks. Let him heal. Let him recover. Does it make any sense to you? No. I mean, even if he goes out there and gets some wins, which is what they want, they want some wins, it's for sure not making anything better. It's just more risk for him to get tackled or for him to land on it funny or him to injure it even more. So I agree. I mean, he can't even move. There's no mobility for Joe Burrow. He doesn't have the same power accuracy throwing because of it. It's hurt. It's not a good situation. It's not. Bruno, it's also not a good situation. I don't know if you heard Jamar Chase's comments mm. post-game. Mm-hmm. Apparently, this man thinks he's 7-Eleven and is always fucking open. But tape says otherwise, so I don't know. Not It is just not good in Cincinnati right now. No, it is simply not a great time to be uh, a Bengals fan. Um, but, Kurt, you know what? Last year they were, what, 0-2 in the mid playoffs? This year they're 1-3, I think, right? So we'll see. They're going to have to make history again if they want to do it again. Um, Kurt, speaking of making history, motherfucking Puka Nakua. If you don't know who the fuck Puka Nakua is, first of all, shame on you. And second of all, you're not Patrick Starr. Get out from the rock you're living under because he's simply through four weeks pretty much the best receiver in football. Uh, crazy. I know. It's crazy. Kurt, he's on the Rams. The Rams, for the most part, were expected to be stinky poo-poo after not only Cooper Cup gets injured and he's been out the whole year so far, and they trade their starting running back, uh, what's his face, fucking, uh, uh, what's the running back's name they traded? I forget his name. The guy. Cam Akers? Yeah, yeah, Cam Akers. They trade Cam Akers. So it's like they're down piece on offense. Stafford's getting older every single year. It's like, okay, what are the Rams going to do? Well, they're going to start Puka Nakua, who, Kurt, listen to this stat line. 39 catches for 504 yards after four weeks. He's almost averaging 10 catches a game. That's double fucking digits. Holy it's shit, Puka ab- Nakua. It's just absurd. It's crazy. And Kurt, he's like single-handedly like making plays left and right to like actually win games. You know, I didn't even say the score or what happened. The Rams played the Colts this week. They won 29-23 to in overtime. Puka Nakua with the game-winning catch. It's crazy. It's madness. Um, thank God the Rams have him because without him, they're like they're lucky to be two and two at this point. Without him, they might have been zero and four, but they are two and two. Kirk, kind of a weird game. I'm not gonna lie to you. The Colts, or sorry, the Rams are up twenty three to nothing. They let up twenty three unanswered points, and we went to overtime. And it's like, huh? Like against the Colts? What is this actually happening? Uh, and then Puka Nakua said, "Hold my, uh, sorry, hold my beer. Let's be PG here. Hold my beer, and I'm gonna win this game." And he did. So good for the Rams. I don't really, to be completely honest. I, the Rams are in a weird spot because it's like, are they really going anywhere this year? Not, or probably not. Considering they're in the division the 49ers are in, and the 49ers are like the best team in football. So I don't know if they're going anywhere, but at the same time, at least he's getting you some wins, and that's a piece for the future, right? So good for Puka Nakua and the boys. Yeah, Puka Nakua and Tutu Atwell. I Tutu. mean, who had that on their bingo card for the 2023 <laughs> season? Not Ooh. I, my friend. Not I. Uh, Bruno, we. <laughs> I again I oh 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 followed up with oh. my friend Sam who I thought who I said knew him. Yeah. They are like boys. They Ooh. did not go to the same college today, but they are boys. Oh, let's go. Yeah, so Sam, um, give me some tickets to go see Puka. Or Sam, come on the pod, bring Puka on the pod, but then Sam you can leave and we'll just interview Puka. Perfect. Sam's actually already been on the pod. Have I met Sam? No. Sam was season one. Uh, He was one of the Granby athletes I talked to in the COVID season. Gotcha. Derailed their year. Okay. Uh, So awesome awesome kid. Apologies, Sam. You can say in the podcast if you want. I was mostly joking. But also, if you can get Puka, hit us up. You have our numbers. 
Oh no, Sam, you're out. Like, uh, if you can get Puka, you're out. <laughs> okay, okay, good. Yeah, no, I'll t- I mean, I love Sam to death. I'm that right there. Yeah, no, no doubt. Uh, Bruno, uh, I you can, you can see me. I'm not very flexible. What mm. this this bad boy, this foot, directly in my mouth. He, directly in my mouth. You just he Kurt just ate his foot. I'm still going. <laughs> I'm still going, Bruno. That's where my foot is. After uh, trying to correctly pick this NFC South, mm. NFC South showdown, I was wrong. You were wrong. We were both wrong. Yeah. Okay, Bruno, Bucks. What the fuck? Baker Mayfield what? has the Bucks at three and one right now. After they curb stomp, yeah. curb stomped yeah. the same twenty-six to nine in Nolans. Bruno, three more touchdown passes for Baker Mayfield. It just kind of feels like right place, right time for Baker Mayfield to kind of resurrect his career because everything, and I mean everything, is going right for the Bucks right now. They, you know, the first three weeks of the season, Mike Evans, Baker Mayfield, their ball, and this week, Chris Godwin gets in on the fun. Um, dare I say it almost looked like a Tom Brady led offense. Bruno, Tom Brady's kryptonite while he was with the Bucks was beating the Saints. Yeah. Baker Mayfield went out there and did it with literally no problem in the world. Yeah. Now, it should be said Derek Carr uh, did end up starting for the Saints, which was not expected after the sprained AC joint that he had. He comes out wildly ineffective. Uh, he battled his way you know, through the injury, but, I mean, he scored nine points in the game. Not too often you're going to win, pal. Yeah. Uh, Kurt, this was kind of crazy to me. Um, I kind of thought the Bucks came crashing down to earth after – last week when they got stomped by the eagles but they bounced back in a big way and kurt i was just looking at the standings really quick they're three and one they don't have a big division lead but like let's just think about these teams they're three and one the falcons are two and two but desmond Ritter stinks out loud so that they're like a fake two and two the saints are two and two but Carr is injured and uh we just talked about how they beat them and kurt let me tell you about the panthers oh and four who this week played the vikings who before this game did not have a win and guess what the Panthers still don't have a win because they lost to the Vikings, twenty-one to thirteen. Uh, Kurt, the Panthers are fucking bad. Like they're they have to be happy. I guess the Bears exist, but also they're not happy because the Bears are worse than them, and meaning they have a better draft pick. The Vikings this year have been fucking terrible, and they beat the Panthers by eight points. So, I this is not a really like notable game. Uh, the Vikings turned to their main guy, Justin Jefferson. He scored twice. They did what they had to do. They got a win. Good for the Vikings. Ironically, it was by eight points, which I think doesn't count as a close victory because it's a seven or less for a close victory or is it eight or less seven yep, yeah seven. so that quite ironic for the vikings that this doesn't even count as a, a close victory for them um not really much to say about the game or the vikings if you're the panthers listen there's been a lot of rookie quarterbacks this year doing various things to various degrees bryce young looks like the worst of them all and he was a number one picker he looks bad like bad so that's not a good sign if you're a panthers fan yeah, you don't want to jump to conclusions after four games, but, like, it's been really bad. Yeah. Like, he's not really giving the Panthers a, a chance, like, at all. So, I don't know. I mean, again, when you see C.J. Stroud and what he's doing mm. in Houston, Bruno, mm. I mean, the discrepancy between the number one pick and the number two pick has been eye-opening. Bruno, let's talk about that number two pick. Yeah. C.J. Stroud, Bruno, once again, you know, a lot has been made on this podcast and across the NFL about how poor the offensive line play has been in the NFL this year. Well, C.J. Stroud might be playing behind the worst line in the NFL. You would think that him, a rookie quarterback, worst line in the NFL, going up against the goddamn Pittsburgh Steelers defense was a recipe for disaster. And it was. But not for me. Okay, it was like that fucking meme. The guy was like, oh, no. call an ambulance. Call an ambulance. <laughs> but not, but for, not me. for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they, Bruno, CJ Stroud helps uh, helps the Houston get uh, back-to-back wins. They win 30-6 to this week over Pittsburgh. He throws for two touchdowns over 300 yards in the air. Just wildly, wildly effective the entire game. One note here that, you know, you put a little asterisk next to this game, I guess. Kenny Pickett does get hurt, leaves the game. Uh, something to monitor. They think it's just a bone bruise on his knee, so he should be he shouldn't be out for long. But um, obviously, not great if you're the Steelers. 
No, not great at all. And again, not taking anything away from the Texans. Caesar Shad's been playing unbelievable. They've been making it work. Again, like they've been playing well, but this was a team that people thought might go winless. Maybe not winless, but pretty close to winless. And the Steelers were, you know, they were bouncing back. Like they had been playing well leading up into this point. So yeah, not what you want to see if you're the Steelers. And uh, quite simply, uh, I don't know if I'm willing to go this far, but Kurt, I will say the AFC South, every single team is two and two. So eyeball emojis. It's wide open. It's wide open. Uh, Kurt, it's wide open. Kurt, uh, this next game, um, there was a defensive player who is wide open, which you don't usually hear too much. But uh, Chargers 24, Raiders 17, Khalil Mack was wide open the whole game. Kurt, he had not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, but six sacks. When I was seeing, I wasn't watching this game, but when I kept seeing those numbers pop up and I got those alerts, I was like, there's no way this dude has six sacks in one game. Kurt, that is, have you ever seen someone have six sacks, one person have six sacks in one game? Nope. Fucking crazy. So first we have Calvin Ridley, Pip Pit Cheerio, uh, London revenge game. Now we have Camille, Khalil Mack against his former team, the Raiders revenge game. He has six sacks. They needed every one of them because Justin Herbert was wearing a splint on his non-throwing hand something they called refer to as a flesh wound not what you want to be seeing from you know your your franchise quarterback who just signed a fucking bazillion dollar contract this offseason no i'm not talking about the Bengals, even though that sounds just like joe burrow i'm talking about the chargers so listen they got uh they got the win which is most important the chargers need to do everything they can for wins they were down multiple starters austin eckler is still like not 100 percent. so it's like the Raiders will take any win they can get, especially in the division. But uh, you don't usually say that there's a much-needed bye week in Week 5. But the Chargers are very happy that they are going on a bye week because they need to get the fuck healthy and fast. Yeah, they sh- they sure do. This does come at a pretty good time for them, Bruno. Um, Bruno, something happened right place, right time last NF- um, trade deadline last year. Mm-hmm. There was a pretty big trade for a certain uh, running back who went out west to mm-hmm. go play for Kyle Shanahan. I'm talking about Run CMC. Yes, sir. Okay, pal. Christian McCaffrey helped the best team in football keep their shit rolling this week. Uh, He has just been a ridiculous addition to the Shanahan system. They beat the Cardinals 35-16, Bruno. You talked about Khalil Mack having six sacks in the game. Unheard of. Unheard of. How about four touchdowns in one game? If the Patriots could just score one touchdown, I'd be fucking happy. (laughs) Okay? Shit. Christian McCaffrey out here scoring four by himself. It's just Kurt, fucking have, stupid. Have we scored four all year? Uh, we're not talking. Bruno, don't literally do not speak to me. I don't want to. I don't know. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> now I'm thinking about it. I don't know. I don't really care. Um, okay. <laughs> I think we have, though. Offensive Maybe. touchdowns? I don't know. Then it's close. Fuck. Not this week. <laughs> all right. Bruno, Brock Purdy throws uh, for over 300 yards once again. Uh, the Cardinals, they've been a pesky team the first three weeks. They hung yeah. around early in this game, but ultimately you're going against the best team in football. It ain't going to last, pal. 35-16, Niners. Yeah, Niners looking real good. Kurt, I, let's not forget that you called that they would be the best in football before the season started, and that's looking like it's true as fuck. So good uh, good on you. Pal. I am a huge believer in Brock Purdy. You are, and I'm converted. I wasn't, but it's hard not to, it's hard to doubt him now. Um, I will say one more thing, Bruno. Tap myself on the back. I was on a yep. podcast two weeks ago, and uh, the host of that podcast asked me, gun to my head, mm. if I could have Brock Purdy or Mac Jones, who am I taking? And I, without hesitation, said Brock Purdy. And they were like, what are you talking about? I was like, what are you talking about? Uh, who the fuck are those? Po- if there's anyone not saying Brock Purdy for that, are you? do you have eyes? Like, I'm not eyest. I only have one eye. But the fact that you don't know the difference between Brock Purdy and Mac Jones. Huh? I mean, Brock Purdy has never lost a game that he started and finished. It's insane. And he's he's already made it, uh, like, deep in the playoffs. Mac Jones has made it deep in his butthole. So that's two different deeps, and I don't like the one that we have. Yeah. I want to see it with the eye. <laughs> eye that winks, not the eye that stinks. You know what I'm saying, pal? Oh, that was good. That was good. We're fucking good, Kurt. We're fucking good. Kurt, you know who's not fucking good? The fucking the Patriots. Oh, well, we are, we're going to be there in a second. But I was talking about the Giants this time, believe it or not. Uh, and you know who else is not good? Danny Dimes. Kurt, at the very least, right, let's let's at least hand up, acknowledge this. At least we're not paying a quarterback $250 million to be the worst quarterback in the league, right? At least we're not doing that yet. Yet? Yet. 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 
Um, Danny Dimes is fucking horrible. He had one good half this year against the Cardinals, which accounted for pretty much every positive stat he's had for the entire year. Other than that, he's been horrible. Horrible. He's not the only reason the Giants are bad. Like, they've had injuries. Barkley, Saquon Barkley has been out. Their offensive line, as usual, is bad. They don't have playmakers on offense. So, like, again, it's not just Danny Dimes. But if you're getting paid that contract and you can't even put up a touchdown, I mean, I know Mac Jones can't do that, but at least not getting paid that much. Um, Danny Dimes loses 24 to 3 against the Seahawks. It was. It feels like a, uh, a big scoreline. It really didn't feel like that much of a blow, but also at the same time, it never felt like the Seahawks were going to lose this game because the Giants couldn't do a single fucking thing. Um, the biggest thing to say about this game that's not Danny Dimes related, Geno Smith was like kind of going out of bounds and he was pretty much out and he got, I forget the defender's name on the Giants, Isaiah Simmons maybe or someone like that, um, got hit kind of late. He was pretty pissed. There's that's probably been the biggest story is like, you know, is he going to be OK? Initially, he left the game and fucking Drew Locke came in the game, which is hilarious because I was like, Drew Locke, what the fuck? Uh, Geno Smith ended up coming back and he's like, I guess, OK, I don't really know. So that was probably one of the bigger stories of the game. Kurt, you got to give a shout out to Kurt's brain. He was right about Brock Purdy. He was also right about Seahawks rookie Devin Witherspoon. I remember with Kurt nearing the draft, Kurt was listing the guys that he wanted. And also when the draft was unfolding, listed the guys he wanted. Not that we're not happy with Christian Gonzalez. Obviously, we are. We like Christian Gonzalez. But... Devin Witherspoon, Kurt was very high on, and he is having himself a hell of a season. He had a 97-yard pick six in this game. First of all, it's bananas when you have a 90-plus-yard pick six. Anytime anytime it's like you start in your own end zone and you run all the way to the other one, it's just kind of fucking funny. Um, but he's just making his case for uh, a rookie of the year. So good for Devin Witherspoon, and uh, I guess good for Kurt. Yeah, he's a stud. He is a fucking stud. Bruno, mm-hmm. the whole game was fucking wild, Monday Night Football. Like, yep. The Giants, like, they really, the game, the score, 24-3, to is wild in itself. Like, the first drive the Giants have, they fumble inside the five-yard line. Could have scored points there. Then the 97-yard pick six, like, you could have had points there. Like, they were right there on the doorstep twice. Pissed it away twice. So, I mean, they let the game kind of slip away. It reminded me a lot of the Patriots, like, self-inflicted wounds. Goddamn, when the Patriots and Giants meet up on Thanksgiving weekend, (laughs) uh... I hope everyone's like hung over from Thanksgiving and doesn't have to endure that pain. Otherwise, like good fucking riddance because whatever. Uh Bruno. Yeah. No, sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say, do you remember really quick, do you remember that LSU Alabama national championship game? Nine to six Alabama? That's what it's about to be like. Except the both those teams were actually good. Neither of our teams were good. Correct. Bruno, um, yeah, just Devin Witherspoon's a stud, pick six. They had eleven fucking sacks in the game. Sack City bitch, sack sack city bitch. Fuck, that song might be stuck in my head later. <laughs> I just got weird deja vu. You ever mm. ever happen to you? Yeah, oh, listen, I lived in deja vu. Fuck. Damn. That was weird. <laughs> okay, Kurt, how's your brain? Did I just break it? <laughs> Fucking pretzel. Oh, boy. Whatever. Oh. Bruno, deja vu happened for the Packers lately. Yes, sir. They keep fucking losing to the Lions. Mm-hmm. Bruno, let's talk. Well, let me take your brain back way back. Way, way, way back. All the way back. All the way back to Thursday night, which feels like a fucking eternity ago. Bruno, the Lions own the fucking Packers now. Mm-hmm. Kind of like how the Packers will always own the Bears. Are we Are we seeing a little tide change? Mm-hmm. Are we seeing a little flippity flop? Mm-hmm. Bruno, fourth straight victory uh, for the Lions over the Packers. They win 34 to 20. On Thursday Night Football, like I said, Bruno, what is what is really impressive about the Lions is they just continue to do the right things to win football games. You win the turnover battle, you dominate, you know, time of possession, you run the football downhill hard, and again, Jared Goff is playing turnover-free football. Bruno, I'm not afraid to admit this. Jared Goff is a top 10 quarterback in the NFL right now. He was a reclamation project. The Rams were like, you are damaged goods. Go play in fucking Detroit. He's yeah. like, all right, maybe the fuck I will. And he's tearing <laughs> it up. For, he's he's yeah. he's doing great things for Detroit. And it's it reminds me of the way he played when he was playing loose. He was playing free in yep. Los Angeles. He's brought that to Detroit, and it's been really awesome to see. Bruno, that downhill running game we were talking about. Mm-hmm. It's got to be Jameer Gibbs, right? They drafted him in the first fucking round. Hmm. Right? Hmm. 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 Nar. 
Nar. Nar, Bruno. <laughs> David Montgomery. You remember him? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, the Packers remember him pretty well, considering he was on the Bears, and we just went over how yeah. the Bears were fucking spanked, red-assed by the Packers over and <laughs> over again. Red-assed. Oh, no. red <laughs> is that a verb? An adjective? Whatever the fuck you want. I don't know what it is, but it is now. <laughs> <laughs> Take it for what it is. Bruno, he was winless against the Packers in his time with the Bears. Not anymore, motherfucker. Not anymore. Bruno, David Montgomery, mm-hmm. 32 carries for 121 yards, and not one, not two, but three big old gigantic titty tutties. <laughs> titty tutties. Yes, sir. Yes, yeah. sir. I mean, that's all I got to say. Bruno, let's talk about the defense for Detroit because this is the most impressive part of the turnaround for Detroit for me. That defense fucking sucked last year. They were so bad. Uh, like watching hard knocks, it's like, God, I don't know how they're going to do defensively. I don't think it's going to be good at all. Bruno, the cornerback Jerry Jacobs, two picks in this one to, to really help. You know, the game, I think it was 24 to 3 at one point. When they were distancing themselves, it was because they were generating turnovers. And so, you know, you get two picks in a game, you're having yourself, you're having yourself a ball game. Mm-hmm. But in all seriousness, Bruno, this was a massive game. In the NFC, in the NFC North, the Packers were playing a little bit better than I think a lot of people expected them to this year. So like, they're kind of been right in the thick of it to start the season. But the Lions just kind of came out and asserted their fucking dominance in this one. They're like, hey, this isn't your fucking division anymore. Like, make room because the you know, Motor City is not playing around. Um, so I don't know. Who knows? Are the Lions the clear favorites, Bruno? You have to start looking ahead a little bit. And if you start looking ahead. There are some real possibilities that the mm. Lions could put together a very, very solid season. You look ahead. They have the Vikings twice, the Bears twice, the Packers one more time. That's the division. Mm-hmm. But then Panthers, Bucks, Ravens, Raiders, Chargers, Saints, Cowboys. You know, there are definitely a couple games in there where you can see some losses, whether that's the Ravens, the Cowboys whomstever but are, are we are we talking double digit wins we have to be right Kurt I think we dare to dream I'm gonna dream I'm call me Martin Luther because I have a dream oh, oh Jesus okay <laughs> okay well I might not call you that Kurt but I think you could definitely dream <laughs> I'm tired don't take that at face value electric 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 lights Kurt uh, Kurt, I would love it. In all seriousness, I would love it if the Lions have like an electric year like that. It would make me nervous though that like they'd be like thirteen and four heading into the playoffs and just lose round one because people would be like, "Oh, ho, ho, Lions!" But like if they're thirteen and four, they're good. So I don't know what you're gonna say. So, uh, Kurt, speaking of good, this Bill Softens game this week was an interesting one to pick because both of those teams the previous week were coming off absolute offensive spankings. The Dolphins put up 70 against the Broncos. The Bills put up 37 against a good commander's defense uh, and didn't even get talked about because the Dolphins put up 70. So coming into this game, this was a pick six game and we both kind of were on different sides of things. Kurt. Yep. Bills 48, Dolphins 20. Let's acknowledge the elephant in the room here. The elephant in the room is that Mike McDaniel is changing the game of football, Kurt. That's a direct quote from, from you. Kurt, I bet he wishes he could simply change the score of this game because my God, the Bills just fucking had their way with the Dolphins. Kurt, what a fucking game. It actually started out, like, absolutely electric. The teams traded touchdowns five times. So the Bills scored 7 nothing. Dolphins tied it up back and forth and back and forth until we got to 21-14 Bills. Anyone who was betting the over was like, fuck yeah. Give me more of this. This is going to be an electric game. It's going to be, it was kind of looking like one of those, like, whoever has the ball last is going to win kind of games, which you wouldn't really favor the Bills, considering what we saw the Chiefs do to them in the playoffs. But... Then, the Bills simply kept doing what they had been doing, and the Dolphins ceased doing what they had been doing. Kurt, uh, it was 21-14 to Bills. Uh, The Bills more than doubled their score the rest of the game, and the Dolphins scored six more points. So, Bills ran away with this. I will say, uh, Tua looked kind of mortal. Again, it's not like we've never seen him look bad before. Like, he's played well this year. We've seen Tua in previous years not look good. This year, though, he's been playing pretty electric. He didn't reach that three magic 300 yards passing uh, that you know we always see Tua reach, especially with these receivers. He threw a pick. He got sacked four times. 
he kind of just looked like he wasn't comfortable. The Bills' defense was really pressuring him uh, the whole game. On the other side of the ball, Josh Allen really doing his best to make everybody just forget week one never happened. He played so fucking well this game. Kurt, he had the same amount of incompletions as touchdowns. He had four incompletions and four touchdowns. Just absurd. 320 yards passing, no turnovers, which actually is huge for Josh Allen having no turnovers. So that's, you know, that he absolutely just fucking popped the fuck off. So did Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs, 120 yards, three touchdowns. Kurt, you probably saw the highlight. If you watched the NFL, you probably saw the highlight he had. He catches the ball, does a spin move, makes the guy miss. There's two Dolphins defenders ready to tackle him, and all of a sudden they're on the ground and he's running 50 yards into the end zone. So the Bills just kind of clown the Dolphins. Kurt, Clearly, it felt like the Bills were motivated because everyone had been talking about how the Dolphins were like the team to beat in the AFC East, and they still might be, right? This is only one game. It's not like all of a sudden the Dolphins are like in last place, right? They're still a good team. Their offense is electric. Mike Bedano's there. They're still good, right? But I think this was clearly the Bills being like, we're going to take back kind of what people are talking about, considering when you look at who's won uh, the division since it was Bills' division, it's been the Bills winning the division, if you're keeping out with my joke there. Uh, I will say, Kurt, uh, Devin Shane Achane, Ach- Achane, however you say his last name, he had another 100-yard rushing game for the Dolphins. So he's just, I, this guy just came out of nowhere and is now like the fastest running back in the NFL. So that's kind of crazy. Kurt, my last note about this game, I know I just said a lot of words there. My last note about this game, we have a classic, an absolutely classic human centipede situation in the AFC Beast. So electric, Kurt. I fucking love, you know, human centipede. I was about to say sign me up. Don't sign me up. I don't want to do it. But this situation always makes me laugh. Kurt, the Bills beat the Dolphins, lost to the Jets. The Dolphins beat the Patriots, lost to the Bills. The Patriots beat the Jets, lost to the Dolphins. The Jets beat the Bills, lost to the Patriots. Every team has beaten one and lost another. We're in a giant circle of fuckery. I will say that implies that we're all even and equal. We simply are not because the Patriots and Jets are not as uh, anywhere close to the Bills and the Dolphins. But you know what, Kurt? We have the human centipede. That's what we're clinging to right now. We have the human centipede. I like how I was going to say, like, we have the circle of life, and you're like, no, we have the human centipede. <laughs> well, a little yin, yin, little yang. You know what it is? The pa- uh, Where would we put the Patriots in that centipede? Uh, probably dead. They're last. They're the one only eating shit. That's it. Yeah, they don't. No pleasure if you are picking up one and putting it down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to be able to get the thought of that out of my fucking head. But no I'm gonna try for no pain, baby. Yeah, we got two more games to talk about here, Bruno. Ugh. And a bit of a surprise, but in the same breath, something that we probably should have seen coming. The Commanders played their division rival, the Eagles, wildly close. We're talking overtime, but ultimately Philadelphia gets the last laugh, 34-31 in OT. Bruno, the Commanders got absolutely butt blasted by the Bills last week, as you so eloquently pointed out not too long ago. But, you know, the, the, the major storyline coming to this game is, you know, Sam Howell had like five turnovers last week. How on God's green earth is he going to be able to keep up with the Eagles? Well, he did. And it was a, in pretty impressive fashion, too. Bruno, the commander scored in a bunch of ways uh, early on in this game. They're moving the ball effectively. Brian Robinson has been an uh, uh, awesome story to follow this year. Uh, Sam Howell, again, a stinker of a game last week. Wildly efficient, wildly effective in this one. And, you know, balls against the wall, crunch time, you got to clutch up. Sam Howell did so for the for, for the commander. So regardless of them not getting the win, that's good to see moving forward. Again, in the NFC where, you know, you could probably sneak in as a wild card team, the commanders are no easy out unless you're playing the Bills, who, like I said, butt blasted them. Okay, <laughs> no, a lot of butt blasting from the Bills from the, mm. in the centipede and in last week's game. Uh, Bruno. For the Eagles, I, this this narrative is becoming a little funny to me. You know, I'm, I'm skipping ahead a little bit here, but a team that, you know, is as good as Philadelphia is and who many expect to be there at the end of the year, while they are 4-0, and it has not been the most overwhelming 4-0. Bruno, you talk about week one against the Patriots. Patriots should have won that game. Back. Okay. Their, their best game Philadelphia played was last week against the Bucks. Yeah. But then they come out this week and they, you know, they have chances to step on the commander's throats and they don't take them. 
Like, I'm waiting for them to take that killer mentality, Bruno. And they, you know, they just, they sort of remind you a little bit of last year's Vikings. A little lucky. They're winning these close one-score games, which I've now won three of. Three one-score games. They have now all, won all of them. Um, and it's like, you know, are they as dominant as their record is? Can they turn it on? I'm sure they can turn it on. But, like, at the same point, when are you going to do that? You know, I it's something to, to, to kind of monitor here. What is good for, for Philadelphia is the sense that, you know, it's not the same guy carrying them. This week, I mean, it was A.J. Brown popped off 175 yards, two long touchdowns, um, and, uh, you know, Devontae Smith early two weeks in a row was uh, a dominant force. He was great in the Patriots game, too. Um, and, Bruno, uh, Jake Elliott has been one of the best kickers in the NFL all year. Um, he had the game winner in OT. He made four field goals. He, it, it, there is an argument out there that he's the best kicker in the league right now over Justin Tucker, over whomever. Uh, so, again, Philadelphia has the pieces. It's just kind of waiting for them to put it all together. Yeah, Kurt, you're essentially telling the Eagles to not up or shut up, which I think is a fair to say. You made a Super Bowl last year, gigantic expectations this year. Yeah, you're 4-0, so you need to be commended for not losing a game. At the same time, though, four, all 4-0s are not equal, and their 4-0 is not as good as other 4-0s we've seen in the past. So definitely uh, the Eagles need to, to clean it up. Kurt, that brings us to our final non-Patriots game of the week. And while it was the final non-Patriots game of the week, it was also the second stop on the nationwide Taylor Swift NFL tour, which Kurt has reached critical mass at this point. Uh, I don't know, you've obviously been keeping up. Shout out Abby, I know she's a big Swifty. Taylor Swift has just taken over everything. The NFL X, I could say Twitter, I could say X, whatever you wanna call it. Social media has been fucking blowing up for Taylor Swift. The Chiefs are just going bananas for Taylor Swift. Swifties are going bananas for Taylor Swift. It's like, I, I don't even know what I'm hearing more of NFL or Taylor Swift, it's crazy. Uh, she goes, to the Meadowlands because this game is in New York. The Chiefs are playing the Jets. Uh, and she watches the Chiefs survive the Jets, 23 to 20. Yes, I said the Chiefs. Yes, I said survive. And yes, I said the Jets. That's not a sentence we thought we'd be saying, but it, here we, this is the reality that what our finders, uh, finders are saying. Kurt, I don't really have too much to say about the actual game. Like we can talk about it. I'll get into a little bit. Before I even do any of that, Kurt, I just want to ask you, and maybe this is the masochist in me. Maybe I just want the pain. But, like, Zach Wilson, he actually looked kind of good. I have text evidence proof from Kurtai saying, quote, I quote, I'm really impressed with the Jets this week. Or something along the lines. I forget the quote. I'm not looking at it. Something along the lines. Kurt, do you want to just give me your quick thoughts on Zach Wilson? Uh, competitive. And that's not something I think I would have said until this week. I thought he just was kind of like whiny, a little bit baby back bitch, but he genuinely outperformed Patrick Mahomes this week. I mean, I saw it with my eyes. Stats back it up. Like, I'm not a stats geek, but like, he looked confident. He looked on time. And if Zach Wilson can play like that, He'll give the Jets a chance to win every game because that defense is so good. Yeah, that, Kurt, that's literally just the facts. Um, let's be honest here. He played incredibly well. The Chiefs only won this game because Zach Wilson, the one downer that he did have, well, he had a couple downers, but the biggest downer that he had was that dropped fumble, that fumble that he dropped late in the fourth quarter that you know the Chiefs recovered. That was a big downer. The other thing the Chiefs needed was that uh, questionable holding call on Sauce Gardner on like fourth down that extended that the drive and got them. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, I think we all were kind of looking at, like, seriously, you're going to, like, that's a call that uh, the Chiefs are going to get clearly because they're the Chiefs. The Jets would obviously never have got that if the positions were reversed. So that's just what cost Bruno, I have a question for you. I have yeah, a question yeah. for you. Yeah, 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 yeah. We have discussed already that this was stop number two on the Taylor Swift tour. Yep. The NFL, the NFL has seen a massive, massive spike in viewership since Taylor Swift has been around. So much so that this was the most viewed event since last year's Super Bowl was a Chiefs-Jets game because Taylor fucking Swift was there. <laughs> I'm not trying to throw out these hypotheticals and be oh. that guy. Oh. But like, 
the NFL needed the Chiefs to win, right? Uh, like, Kurt. Think about it. You're, you're you're literally onto something. Sometimes we say you're wearing your tinfoil hat. I'm looking at Kurt, and there's no tinfoil hat. It's just the truth. We're wearing the truth. We, I mean, like, if the better the Chiefs do, and the more of the engagement and the and the people watching Chiefs games, the better off for the NFL. That call was horseshit, and it kept the Chiefs alive, and they snuck out a win. Can we just talk about this bats quick? Because you're my friend, I will do everything in my power to talk you off the the edge. But Kurt, it's motherfucking four games into the season, and we're right on the edge. Uh, will we both make it the whole season? Tune in to find out. And it's ironic and weird and strange because I told you on this podcast mm-hmm. that the Patriots would be starting one and three again. I said it. Yeah. For the third straight year, the Patriots have started one and three. So this was expected in my head. Four weeks ago, I thought this was going to happen. I thought they would be exactly where they are right now. I never, ever expected it to feel the way it feels, though. Like, there's a difference. I'm like, oh, you're going to lose to the Eagles because you're not as good as them. Well, no, you should have beat the Eagles. Oh, nope. I, you know... I thought we were going to lose to the Jets. We ended up beating them, the Rodgers sink, whatever. Uh, I would, you know, I thought, oh, Dolphins are better than you, maybe. We should have beaten them. And then you get the Cowboys coming off of a loss to the Arizona Cardinals, where the Cardinals and Josh Dobbs. <laughs> that's right. Josh <laughs> Dobby Dobbs went out and did whatever they wanted to a Cowboys defense that I think is lethal. And I had a little bit of confidence in the Patriots. I'm like, hey, no inclement weather. You're in a dome. Big game. America game of the week. Jerry Jones, Robert Kraft, Bill Belichick. And you laid the biggest goddamn goose egg in the history of Bill Belichick's coaching career. You got to be fucking shitting me. Uh, Kurt, unfortunately, there was a lot of shit. Uh, We are the ass of the human centipede. So there's just free reign for shit to come raining out of us and also into us at the same time. Uh, Kurt, this was pretty much as much of a disaster as you could have gotten. And we were lucky enough to get it. It's like, I'm going to try to talk you off the ledge, Kurt. We could try to break down. What were some of the major reasons for this were, you know, there were some injuries. We'll get into that. There were some, you know, fucking tits and tats and tuts over there. But Kurt, at the end of the day, like this, just, this might just end up being indicative of the whole season. Maybe like this could just be what we look like the rest of the season. Well, Bruno, it's crazy because like they have been a team through the first month of the season that continues to make all these self-inflicted mistakes. And it's not changing. So then in my head, it's like, well, is it the coaching that you're just uh, woefully prepared once again? I, I, I said it a couple weeks ago. This has just been the identity of the Patriots post-Tom Brady. Like, they'll beat themselves. And that is that's the most jarring thing about the whole process for me. Yeah, that's extremely jarring considering we went like 20 years of being like turnover free, you know, score once before halftime and one right after halftime, you know, uh, no penalties. And then we go the complete opposite in every way to this, Kurt. The other jarring thing to me that I just want to say, we'll get into more specifics, but the other jarring thing to me, Kurt, is that I know people clown on the Patriots for not having talent on offense. And I get it. We're not the most talented offensive team there is. Like when you look at our players, 
you've recognized some names. Non-Patriots fans don't recognize a lot of names. That's fine. I don't think we're the worst, like the least talented offensive unit out there. And Kurt, it's like scoring a touchdown with Ramondre Stevenson, Ezekiel Elliott, Hunter Henry, Kendrick Bourne, Devontae Parker, Juju Smith-Schuster, Mike Kosecki, like all these people. Like you're telling me we can't score a single fucking touchdown? You should have scored one on the first drive of the game when Gasicki dropped that. T- or it wasn't a great throw, but it also should have been caught. Yeah, um, but I just mean it's it's just crazy. Like again, these aren't the best players in fantasy. These aren't the best offensive players in the NFL. I get that, right? I think we all get that. But the fact that it's literally seeming like it's fucking Tom Cruise Mission Impossible out here for us to even score touchdowns. It's just it. That's what's been the most mind-boggling part to me because it's not like it's like we're the Bears or the Giants who just have no talent. Like we have the talent. It's just not even – there's just nothing happening. Yeah, there's nothing happening. Um, and I – like you said, the, the team isn't bad. Like there are pieces that are in play here that like, you should be better than you are. Now, Bruno, I'm going to read you a couple concerning – I mean, I just feel like we are so, – this is rock bottom. Like it literally can't get worse than what just happened on Sunday. You lose – you lose 38 to 3 to the Cowboys. You lose Christian Gonzalez and Matt Judon for probably the year for both of them. So your two best defensive players are out for the year. Also, like Christian Gonzalez has been a stud. We've we've obviously mentioned him a lot. You have no one in the fucking secondary. Jonathan Jones had missed three straight games. Jack Jones could come off IR this week. Bruno, if he doesn't, the starting cornerbacks for the New England Patriots are Sean Wade and Miles Bryant. <laughs> that doesn't make me happy to watch football. Bruno, here are a couple of things that um, – a couple of key stats that I think are worth noting here. Uh, the Patriots rank 27th in turnover differential. They're at mm-hmm. minus five already. They have two takeaways – and seven giveaways. So I like the Patriots defense a lot. I like it a lot. Wait, wait, wait. Back up. We've only turned the ball over seven times. Yep. Does that not feel low to you? Uh, that I don't know. <laughs> Kurt, I would have been expecting fucking double digits. <laughs> Mac Jones had three of his own this week. Uh, Kurt, I'm simply stunned that it's only seven turnovers we have this year. Uh, that's, you know have... what? Patriots are back, baby. <laughs> well, we didn't have any last week. <laughs> Zero last okay, week. Okay. So we've had seven okay. in three games, which is not good. Okay. Yeah, it's not good. Okay. All right. Sorry. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. But also, like on the flip side, a good defense, we don't have any takeaways. We have two takeaways in four games. Right. The Patriots right. have been so prone to turning over other teams, and we can't do it all of a sudden. So that is – and then uh, a tweet that got a Jesus from Tommy Curran in all caps. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Percentage of drives – that end in a punt or a turnover oh, for NFL no. teams. Oh, no. Number one in the NFL is the San Francisco 49ers. Only 29% of their drives have ended in a punt or a turnover. That is less than one in three. So on two of three drives, they are scoring. Oh, no. Congratulations. Oh, no. You scroll. Bruno, I'm going to show you. Okay. This oh, is the no. tweet. No, this oh, is a tweet. Oh, Bruno. No. This is a oh, tweet. no, I'm looking you at it. You got to scroll. Oh, There's no. one team oh, at the no. very bottom. Oh, no. That reads New England Patriots, the oh, worst no. team in the NFL. They have the most percentage uh, of any team in the NFL in drives that end with a punt or a turnover 71%. Bruno, the New York Giants. <laughs> are at 59. The Atlanta Falcons with Desmond Ritter are at 60. <laughs> the Jets with Zach Wilson are at 63. The Carolina Panthers with <laughs> Bryce Young are at 65. The Chicago Bears with Justin Fields are at 67. And then there's us <laughs> as the worst team in football. Cool. Can I, People, can I? My favorite tweet okay. was, "Quote: Why did the Patriots draft a punter?" Response: Turns out the punter is a star player in Bill Belichick coach teams. Oh no! 
Kurt, I, can I propose something to you? Sure can, brother. Uh, I'd love to just propose to you, but we'll save that for another time. Um, can we just pretend those percentages are chances of getting the number one pick? Uh, Bruno, so here's a good point. This, I'm glad you brought this up. <laughs> Kurt's like, fuck that. <laughs> no, no, I'm glad you brought this up because I have a declaration. I have been a fierce protector of Mac Jones for three years. The whole Bailey Zappi thing last year, I was like, please stop. Bailey Zappi sucks. That point remains true. But what also is true here is that Mac Jones also sucks. Mm-hmm. And I had literally just last week, I was like, guys, it's not Mac's fault. Like, it's not Mac's fault. I'm a fucking idiot. It's a lot of it is Mac Jones's fault. He looks like the biggest little princess out there, not in the, like any of his antics and just like he's afraid to get hit. He looks like a little pussy. Every time, every throws off his back foot, doesn't stand in the face of pressure. It's like, here's where I am with Mac Jones. Mac Jones doesn't have the, the crazy arm, right? He doesn't have the wheels. He doesn't have any of the wow factor. How does Mac Jones win in the NFL? Oh, he can process super fast. Oh, he wins pre-snap. Oh, his mind, his brain is at next level. Okay. If all that is true, you can't be making these goddamn stupid fucking decisions that you continue to make over and over and over again. Again, it's not a pat it's it's a pattern when it keeps happening and it keeps happening. I'm out on Mac Jones. I am all the way out on Mac Jones. Yeah, and I I have to add to this conversation by saying Again, Kurt might be one of the more patient Patriots fans that were out there, considering people unfairly, I will say, unfairly jump ship quite early off of the Mac Jones ship. Kurt pointed out all the other stuff going on, gave Mac so many chances. Like, this wasn't a quick pull the rug. He lost one game. He's a rookie. Get him out of here. That wasn't a quick process, right? We gave him all the chances in the world. We acknowledged Matt P, Matty P last year. We acknowledged Bill Bryan coming to the new offensive system. We acknowledged potential for growth. We acknowledge all these things. Kurt has remained patient and patient and patient. And quite simply, they say that good things come to those who wait. We waited, but we did not see any good things. And Kurt, I hate his stupid fucking face. I'm just going to add to it. I'm with you. I I hate when I see his face, it makes me fucking pissed. I hate seeing his fucking face. He has such a punchable face. And then he's also doing shit. Like, again, that, that video of him punching Sauce Gardner in the nuts was I've seen much better videos in terms of like what you can clearly identify as going on or not. It wasn't the most like indisputable evidence I've ever seen, but he does shit like that all the time. And like, maybe if he's like Marcus smart who you love and plays hard and makes winning plays, you're like, okay, I'm okay with that. When you're fucking God awful and you fucking, your face pisses us off. That just adds to me being like, fuck you, dude. I don't even want to defend you anymore. Yeah. You're just a punk ass bitch at that point. Yeah. You trick ass bitch. A trick ass host. <laughs> God, why can't you go fucking date Taylor Swift, huh? You think she's fucking going from? Imagine she's with Mac Jones. Swifties would probably assassinate him. <laughs> I would assassinate him. <laughs> Sheesh. Um, Bruno, uh, it's a couple couple more things here. I don't want to talk long about this because I just. I wonder if Bill Belichick just like buried this game. Like we're not watching the tape. We fucking sucked. Move on. Um. Point number one, okay. I like Bill O'Brien. I'm happy he's the offensive coordinator. But I also was really fucking mad for a while when the Patriots were down 28 to 3 in this game. Sure. Even to a 21 to 3 at the time. They're, they're probably not coming back to win the game. But I would like to see a little fight, a little, a little anything from the offense. You know what he rolls out there? He rolls out there with Zeke, Ramondre, Hunter Henry, Mike Gesicki, and Juju Smith-Schuster on one leg. I'm like, and two tight ends in line with two backs. I'm like, oh, here comes this explosive-ass offense. Just kidding. Here's a a one-yard carry, a three-yard loss, and a third and 13 incompletion. I wanted to blow my fucking brains out watching that offensive performance. Yeah, and clearly, Kurt, 
fucking Bill Bryan has never seen uh, Avatar because it's time to fucking fight. You know what I mean? If he fucking has you seen Avatar once, he'd know it's time to fight. He hasn't even seen that. So add that to the list of things we're not happy about. Yeah. Bruno, my second point. I don't know what I'd rather prefer. I don't think I can go through a season of them sucking this bad. Like, I don't think I could handle it. Like, so take that for what it is. But also, like, do I want them to go eight and nine again and be in the middle of the first round picking again and be, like, very mediocre in this quarterback purgatory that we are currently in? I don't know about that either. But I am very conflicted because we suck, Bruno. But at the same time, I'm looking at the Patriots' schedule. Mm. The hardest part of it is over. Yeah. Bruno, holy fuck. Okay. Oh, oh my god. No, oh. I'm going to start believing. I'm going to start believing again. I just don't want to believe. Oh my god. Their next two games are against the Saints and the Raiders. They will be favored in both of them. They are favored this week by one and a half over the Saints at home. If we win the next two or 3 and 3, then you're going to lose the next two. To the Bills and the Dolphins, probably. In all reality, three and five. Then you have the Commanders, who have been surprisingly good this year, and the Colts. If somehow you can win those two and you go into the bye week at five and five, okay. If you're five and five at the bye, okay. Because after that, you have the Giants, Chargers, and Steelers. None of those teams are scaring me overwhelmingly. Then you have the Chiefs. You're going to get throttled. You're going to get ass kicked. But then the Broncos who blow. And then Bill's Jets. I mean, like, there is a... That's 9 and 8. 8 and 9 again. You're going to be right in the middle of the fucking pack again. I'm so over this. Uh, Bruno, uh, like I said, Matt Judon, Christian Gonzalez out indefinitely. Probably for the season. Defense takes a massive hit. Um... Let's just try to go one and this week and see what the fuck happens, huh, pal? We'll pick again on Sunday, like we always do. But for now, we will see you next time on Playing the Field. Bye, guys.